This podcast is part of the Unresolved Podcast Network. To discover more, visit unresolvednetwork.com. Whether you want to start a faith-based business or an online ministry, you've come to the right place. This is the Teresa Blaze Show with your host, Teresa Blaze, where she's bringing her over 20 years of consulting experience to the mic. Now, here's Teresa. I'm Teresa Blaze, and this is the Teresa Blaze Show. And today I've got Mr. JLD in the house. You know the guy, John Lee Dumas. Or maybe you don't know him, in which case, what rock are you hiding under? His name is John Lee Dumas. He's the founder and um, owner of Entrepreneurs on Fire. He is uh, he is the host of an award-winning Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast. Before we jump into that, I want to talk to you about our sponsor. Uh, and today, we are living in a crazy time, and we've got a lot of conferences there's a conference coming up in November that I, if you were a, a, a believer, you're a follower of Christ, or maybe you're considering starting a podcast, which by the way, you should, then I want to encourage you to go to uh, TeresaBlaze.com forward slash Spark. Uh, it is the Christian Podcasters Conference, Spark Christian Podcasters Conference. It's uh, founded and put on by Misty Phillip. I'm telling you that lady is a rock star. And, if you go there and you put in the code all uppercase Teresa now 20, you'll save 5% on your ticket and it's going to be awesome. You want to attend. It's going to be November, uh, November 6th, I believe. So uh, check out, check that out. Uh, and now on with the show. Um, JLD, welcome to the show. Teresa, thank you so much for having me. I love your energy. I love your vibe. I love every time we get to hang out at conferences, wherever we might run into each other. It's great to be here. I, I gave a very brief introduction, but let me ask you this, man. You you have done over 2,000 podcasts. What, 2,200 of them, I think, up to, up to date? Up to 2,700 now. I just keep cranking them out, Teresa. Jeez, dude. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you this question. From the time that you started podcasting to now, what has been the biggest impactful change that you have seen uh, in, in, in podcasting formats and going forward? The biggest impact that I've seen and the biggest change I've seen within podcasting has been what I call the niche podcast. There was a time, Teresa, back in 2012 when I launched, 2014, you could even get away with it in 2016. And what I mean by that is you could launch a broad, vague topic, just interviewing entrepreneurs or businessmen or people in your niche about interesting conversations and just have these great chats and grow a podcast audience around that. But that level of broad, vague podcasting has been very saturated because podcasting has absolutely exploded and COVID has definitely taken it to even the next level where everybody's now stuck at home. They can't be presenting at conferences. They're not going to be on TV as much. And so podcasting has been something that so many people have gone to. And the people who are winning in podcasting now, which is a change, but it's the fact of the matter is they are creating very niche podcasts. And what I mean by that is they are identifying one specific problem in one specific industry 
and becoming the best solution for that one single problem. Those people are winning in the podcasting world. And the people that aren't doing that are really struggling to grow audience and traction. That being the case, because you interview so many people um, in different spaces and in different niches with your podcast, have you had to kind of niche down in your show? And if so, um, what changes have you made to kind of keep up? So I have not, because this goes back to something that a lot of people in the business world have heard of, which is called the first mover advantage. I was the best daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs the day that I launched. I was also the worst daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs the day that I launched. I remember I've actually heard your first episode. Yes. (laughs) I was the only daily podcaster interviewing entrepreneurs. I was it. I was the only game in town. And so I was able to build a massive audience. I was able to build massive credibility, authority, brands, and I did all of that because I had the first mover advantage. So entrepreneurs on fire, I was able to build because of that first mover advantage. That first mover advantage, it's gone now. It doesn't exist. So I am still riding that momentum that I was able to build back in 2012. So I have not had to change anything. I still am able to get great guests, continue to build my audience. We're now at over 1.3 million listens every single month. That has been the reality of my show. However, had I launched Entrepreneurs on Fire in 2018 or 19 or 2020, especially at the skill level that I possessed back in 2012, it would have failed. It would not have been a successful podcast because I was not good enough in 2018 had I had those same skills in 20 of what I had in 2012 to launch that podcast. The reason why it worked was because I did it before anybody was doing it. It was a first mover advantage. So Entrepreneurs on Fire still works in the same capacity that it did back in 2012. However, if you're launching a new show today, and if I, by the way, was to launch another podcast today, it would be very niche, very specific. It would solve one problem for one vertical. That's it. Let me ask you this, because I know for a fact you also do your uh, daily fire, which, by the way, I I wake up and that's one of the first ones that I go to, you know, uh, is your daily fire. But that one, in in contrast to uh, entrepreneurs on fire, is more short form content. Which are you seeing more traction in the longer form content or the shorter form uh, micro content style where you just pull out your phone, you drop a quote and you move on? I'm seeing more traction in the longer form content because here's the problem with short form content where it's just quick, it's snappy, it's easy. A good analogy for that is like what you see when you open up on Instagram. You know, everybody's just writing an Albert Einstein quote or a Dale Carnegie quote or a quote from Mariah Carey or a quote from this person or a quote from that. Anybody can do it because it's low hanging fruit. It's easy. It's quick. It's done. Longer form content, that's tough. To do a 20-minute, 30-minute, 40-minute interview, that's tough. Like That takes chops, and that, therefore, has less competition because I'm a big believer, Teresa, and you've heard me say this before, that the higher the barrier, the lower the competition. Guess what? Posting a, a quote on Instagram is a very low barrier. Therefore, the competition is super high because everybody's doing it. But doing, actually conducting like a 45-minute long-form interview with Tony Robbins. In fact, I just did a 53-minute interview with him about six months ago. 
that takes chops. There's a lot there. And people can't just replicate that. You just can't be your average podcaster and get Tony Robbins on your on your show for 53 minutes. It's not going to happen. So the longer form content has the more traction, has the more value, is a higher barrier, and therefore has lower competition. Like, should someone start with a longer form podcast? I mean, if they're you know, if they're a newbie and they got to overcome the suck factor, they got to find their voice, they got to do uh, the stuff that I've talked to about all the time. Should someone start with longer form? Yes, absolutely. Because of something that you just mentioned, they need to practice their craft. They need to hone their skills. They need to get their chops going. And you're not going to do that by just doing a one, two, three minute podcast every day. That's not enough practice. That's why I was able to get good fairly quickly. And by fairly, I mean, over six months, over 12 months, over two years, you know, I was able to get good at podcasting because I was doing it every single day, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, repetition, repetition, repetition. I was putting in the reps. I was honing my chops. I was practicing my craft. I was doing all the things I had to do to get better at that thing. And so when you're just starting, the only way to get better is to do it. And doing it for 20 minutes is 10 times better than doing it for two minutes. I get on the show and I talk to people and I'm like, look, you know, you got to start publishing. You got to find your voice. You're going to suck. It's going to be okay. Get used to it because around what episode 2050, you get past that and you start finding your voice. And it's, you know, John, I've seen so many people that I that I work with. I don't like how I sound. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I, I've heard that so often. It's like, well, neither did I. <laughs> the reality is this. Everybody who's heard themselves on an answering machine, answering a machine back when that was a thing are like, oh my God, I sound like that. Because guess what? We sound differently to ourselves when we're talking out of our mouth and then our ears are hearing that than when we hear our own voice coming back. So it's different. And we don't like different. We don't like change. We're human beings. So it's so natural not to like your voice. Guess what? Put in the reps, do the work, you will grow at least to tolerate your voice. And that's all that matters because the whole goal is not for you to like your voice. It's for you to share valuable content, real solutions to actual problems with your audience. So let's say someone, uh, they put in the reps, they, they knuckle down, they put in the work. What has been the biggest changes in marketing? So the biggest changes in marketing that I've seen, especially over the last two to three years, is that you have to market yourself where your potential listeners are. And guess what? Your potential listeners aren't on Facebook. They're not on Instagram. They're not on X, Y, or Z. Because guess what? They are going to those different platforms to consume what that content, the content that those platforms are kicking out, like political stuff, pictures of your grandkids, fill in the blank, whatever that might be. But people listen to podcasts. Those people are podcast listeners. So the biggest shift that I've seen and that I've been absolutely implementing in my day-to-day, which is one of the reasons why we're talking today, is I make sure that I am on a minimum of 20 other podcasts every single month. Because there's a phrase that I live by, podcast listeners listen to podcasts. It's simple, but it's true. Podcast listeners listen to podcasts. So because of that, why am I spending all this time, energy, and effort other places on other platforms? Well, I know that every single person listening to this right now, they listen to podcasts. And so guess what? 
Podcasts are already as part of their daily routine. They already have podcast app in their phone. They already have a time in the day that they're listening to podcasts. They are podcast listeners. Now, I just want to become one of the seven podcasts that they listen to because the average person listens to seven different podcasts. My goal is to become one of their seven. So if I can deliver enough value, then I can become one of their seven. Very interesting. And how do you go about like, like for you, because I know you set it up where uh, I just went in, I booked a time with you, that kind of thing. But how do you actually go about getting on the other podcasts so that you can actually have the 20 a month? Well, for me at this point, I've been able to get to a level where I get about a hundred people per month reaching out to me asking me to be on their show. So it's actually, you know, come down to a semi application process for that. But, you know, if you are at a place where that's not happening for you yet, which is very normal and where I was at for most of my career thus far, you've got to put in the work. You've got to go to the Apple podcast um, um, website. You've got to go to your category. You've got to search by ranking. You've got to go down and identify, hey, all of these podcasts, these top 200 podcasts, that actually interview people need to get a pitch from me to be a guest on their show. And you've got to put in the work and you've got to do it and you've got to reach out, make it personal, make it one-to-one and you know, prove to them that you are worthy of being a guest on their show. And once you do that, you're going to be able to build momentum and it's going to get easier every step of the way. You know, I'm reminded of something that you often say, which is um, focus, follow one course until success. So what course are you looking to follow going into 2021? Are you, um, I know you do a lot of podcasting stuff and I know you're doing a lot of affiliate stuff. What are you following to make your money uh, monetizing what you're doing in 2021? So 2021 for me is all about the focus of my publication of my first traditional book, which is with HarperCollins, and it's called The Common Path to Uncommon Success. And I'm fired up for it. It's my one focus for 2021 to get all my marketing aligned, to launch with a bang, to make it happen, and to get this book into as many people's hands as possible. Because I'm positive that this book is going to be the tool that people need to find their version of uncommon success. So I'm very passionate about it, very excited about it. And that's my focus. Yeah. Well, when you, uh, when you, when you, when you get ready to release that thing, man, we'll have to bring it back so you can talk about it. I would love to, Teresa. Thank you. At what point should a podcaster consider writing a book or should they? Not until you have built an audience to a very legitimate size. And I would consider that at least 10,000 listens of that podcast every single month. And you have a book idea that is solving a very serious and very real problem for your audience. Once you can put those things together, an audience of at least 10,000 listens per month, and then identifying from that audience a real problem they have, and then the fact that you can create the solution in the form of the book then go forth and write it. Until then, you're not ready. It, okay, so that being the case, so then, so then I'm guessing you would say that um, a podcast in 2021, they need to knuckle down and focus on marketing the actual podcast. Yes, focus on marketing your podcast, focusing on getting on other similar podcasts to share value and then use a call to action to drive people back to your podcast. And Teresa... 
this has been a lot of fun. I can't believe that our time's already almost up. We've been just crushing it today. Oh, man, there are so many questions I have. But hey, John, thank you so much for coming on and dropping your value. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. Uh, You're the one that, that trained us in what we do. And it's been an absolute honor. Hey, always great hanging out with you and Michael. So uh, have a great day to both of you and looking forward to seeing you soon. You've been listening to The Teresa Blaze Show. To catch all her past shows, visit www.teresablaze.com. That's T-E-R-E-S-A-B-L-A-E-S dot com.